told you last night that I'd be preaching out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, first 25 verses. But I've got a place or so that I want to go to before the end. If you flip back uh, to chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. I said last night that I was going to preach the prescription fulfilled. This is the prescription for revival. I know that he's speaking to the nation of Israel, but we know we can make application along the way. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it talks about Moses in the wilderness and going through the water. And he said, these examples that, we, that are for us, that we not make the same mistakes that they make. And we're not talking about mistakes tonight, but we are talking about an example, a good example, and it means that we ought to follow the good examples. So as we look at this tonight, and I'm going to read uh, verses 12 through 14, and then we're going to go to chapter 20. We're going to read the prescription first. It says, And the Lord appeared to Saul by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, is that you and I tonight? Shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will give, forgive your sins and will heal your land. Let me ask you something. Do you think America needs healing? Let me say to you, we don't have a political problem in America. We have a spiritual problem. We have a spiritual problem. But we've seen the prescription for revival. Now, we can have church-wide revival. We can have church, churches-wide revival. Or we can have revival within our own heart. If you don't have revival, you can't blame the preachers that have preached this week. You can't blame the Lord. You can't blame anyone but yourself. Now, we've heard some messages this week. And I'm telling you some great messages preached. And I'll tell you something. The first night, if you see God for who He is, and you see self, if you see God for who He is, you'll see yourself for who you are. 
And we've seen also that uh, uh, the message was pretty much, you, you will reap what you sow. If you do those things in accordance with God's word, you'll reap God's blessings. Last night, the church is steeped in religion. Steeped in religion. We do things simply because that's what we've already always done. <coughs> Some people wouldn't say amen if the Lord took a shovel and popped you up out of the pew. I'm telling you the truth. I don't see how that somehow you could hold back the Holy Spirit, but I know the Word says you can quench the Spirit. But I don't know about you, but I get excited when you get into the Word of God and begin to see what it says. Now, we read the prescription. In these verses, if you'll notice and you'll read and understand and go back and study, you'll find that what it required in chapter 7, verse 14, you'll find that was done in chapter 20. And the scripture, I didn't say filled last night. Did you hear what I said last night? The scripture will be fulfilled. Or the prescription will be fulfilled. In other words, it's a promise from God and we can make application, although he's talking to the nation of Israel, we can make application to ourselves today. We are God's people. And God don't do away with any of his word. And he will keep his promises. Now I know that he answered in the Old Testament many times physically. And I know in the New Testament we are talking about spiritual things. And we need to see it for what it is. And when it begins to talk about these countries fixing to come against Israel, and it talks about they've got so many soldiers and one thing or another, I'm going to tell you something. We're in a war today. And we have powers and principalities are coming against us. I'm talking about the devil and the, de the demons and the devil's angels. We have a fight on our hands today. And if you don't have a fight on your hand, you don't have an enemy. You're on his side. Now you might not like to hear that, but I'm telling you the truth according to what God's word said. And people in this day and time seem that they can just live any way they want to and talk to God any time that they want to and expect Him to answer. God's Word don't say that. It says, if you regard iniquity within your heart, I will not hear you. Now where's that from? Psalm 66, verse 18. And what's it talking about regarding? It's talking about if you know there's sin in your life, God ain't going to answer your prayer when you pray. We need to study and know, thus saith the word of God, that we might work in the power of the Lord. And we find here, and let me just say this before I ever get there. I don't care what your status is tonight. You have to come before God in the same way I do. You'll find tonight this is a king. He's a king. I don't care what your name is, where you come from, how much money you got. If you're going to have revival in accordance to the formula given in God's word, you'll have to come the same way. 
Those first two verses, it's a talking about the enemy. The enemy. It says, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other besides the Amorites came Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria, and behold, they be in... Now, if I can't pronounce these words you read along with me, you're going to pronounce them for yourself, ain't you? Hazazon, Tamar, which is Indigai. Let's have a word of prayer. Brother Scott, would you pray for us, brother? If I get too close to this mic and get too loud, you just holler at me and I can back up a little bit. But as we look at this scripture and we see this, this mighty host that's going to, this great multitude is going to be coming against them. And like I said, we, you and I don't stand against, take chance against the devil without the Holy Spirit. You know that? You don't stand a chance in your own power, your own strength. We don't stand a chance. And it's a mighty host that comes against us on a daily basis. And we see the enemy is spiritual, not physical, as it was here. But I'm going to tell you something. That's a great host. But I'll tell you what, if we could see the host rounding about us. What was that prophet that let the man see the host? I can't remember right off. I do, do remember the circumstance. I can't remember, brother. But the host of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So, you know, when you think about heroes, and you, and you think about people, well, he, he's just scared. His knees are knocking. Yeah, I guess you might could say that. But heroes come of those that are scared and do it anyway. So as we think and we see and we begin to make excuses of why we don't do this and why we don't do that, God said He'd be with us and never leave us nor forsake us. He'd stick closer than a brother and you can depend upon that. If you get in the will of God, God will lift you up, He'll hold you up, and He'll bring you through. I seen a sign the other day. I believe it says, if you're walking in the way of the Lord, you'll reach your destination. So as we look at this and we see this great host and we see this, this king and he comes and he begins to do what chapter 7 verse 14 says. Listen to what Jehoshaphat said. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. What's the beginning of knowledge? Fear. And it's not talking about trembling fear. It's talking about an awesome reverence for God. And offers some reverence for God. And so as we look at this, and this king, Jehoshaphat, 
He had a fear. He's seen those things that are out there. And you and I ought to have a fearful respect for the devil and his power. And we ought to go to the Lord and, and seek him. And he did, did begin to de- do that. And you see, he's the king. That's what the leadership of our country, that's what the leadership in the church, that's what the leadership and the things of God ought to be doing. They ought to be going to the Lord on their knees. You listening to me, church? I'm talking about everyone in the pew. God has called you. And I've already heard it said this week, it ain't the preacher, it ain't the deacons, it ain't those in order. It's each and every one. Go ye. Go ye. While you're going. In other words, while you go out in the day, wherever it be, you're supposed to be a witness for God. But we need to be prayed up. It says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout Judea. Claimed a fast. You know, I can look around and tell too many people I fast. I can bow my head to it. I'm serious, folks. God's Word says it, and that's what it means for us to do. And He called for a fast. We're talking about the King of the nation. And if you say something like that today about the church or the association or things of this nature, we need to get on our faces before the Lord and begin to pray and somebody say, has it come to that? Has it come to that? That's what we ought to be doing. We're in a mess, folks. We're in a mess. I'm talking about a spiritual mess. You look in God's Word and you see what He... he, uh, punished and destroyed and everything else, and it's a going on in America. If it's went on here, it's went on here, uh, uh, in the Bible, it's went on in America. And as we look and see, that king called a fast. But you see in these verses, three through five, you see prayer. You see prayer. You see who Jehoshaphat believed God was. Who do you believe He is? Who do you believe He is? Is He God Almighty? Can He do those things that His Word says He can do? Or do you just feel like you can pull Him out of your pocket or take Him off the shelf or move Him around on the checkerboard when you think you can? When you need something. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to go with the book or you ain't going to go. And we see this king. And he has a fear. He sees those uh, great powers are coming towards him. And he's, he's afraid, but he has a great respect for the Lord. And he calls the whole nation to a fast. And it says, And Judea gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judea, they came to seek the Lord. I don't believe Rutherford County's here tonight, do you? Somebody said something about the empty pews. Scott said something the other night, not preached to the empty pews, we preached to those that are here. Yeah. 
from the whole country. They had a problem. And they saw the solution was according to what it said. If they had need, if they had pestilence, had problems, they had... God said he would answer. Is God a lie? Or are we not meeting the qualification? No, it's one or the other. If we don't have revival within ourselves or within the church, it's one or the other. But we appointed that to preacher, we appointed that this, we appointed it that, it's a reason thing. I'm going to tell you something. I believe what God's Word says. Yeah. Amen. And I believe we ought to do what God's Word says. Yes, whether you like it or whether anybody else like it, that's what I believe and that's what I preach. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judea and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers. You see who Jehoshaphat thinks God is and believes God is. Art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Listen to that. Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before my people Israel and gave us it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? Is that the truth or is it a fairy tale? You see, Jehoshaphat sees God for who he is. And he begins to do what God says he needed to do to get results. How much have you prayed for revival? How much have you really prayed for revival tonight and the nights before? Have you been doing it in the last months that we've been getting ready for this revival? And then we come and we sit. And then when we leave after it's over with, says, well, that didn't amount to nothing. Whose fault is it? Oh, we appoint for any and everything, but we never look at self. Did you do what it said? Thy friend forever. And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil come upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. You see the Prescriptions being fulfilled. It's being fulfilled. What good does it do a doctor to give you a prescription or you go to the doctor and you won't get the prescription filled or you won't listen to what he has to say? Doesn't do you a bit of good, does it? Well, same thing here. Our 
biggest problem is we won't take the medicine. We won't even get the prescription field, much less open it up and take the medicine. And yet we wander around churches weak and sick and everything else and wonder what's wrong. And somebody standing in the pulpit on Sunday morning or Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, uh, giving you directions of how to take the medicine and what to do with it. You know what you're like. What's it like, Paul, when you try to give your kid medicine? <laughs> I swear it is. It's about the things of God and what God says, not what you think, not what I think, not what anybody else is thinking. It's about the Word. And let me just throw it in there like I always do. Jesus Christ is the Word. And you reject, reject the Word, you reject Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you what, there's enough right here to save the world. We just need to take the medicine. Just need to take the medicine. And now, behold the children of Ammon and Moab, Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of Israel of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession which thou hast given us to inherit. When's the last time you really and truly cried out to God? I'm talking about crying out for God to work in the lives of people, to work in the church, to work in our nation, in the White House, in Congress, in Senate, in the Supreme Court. When is the last time you cried out? I'm talking about really and truly agonized with God. We pray like a child now. I lay me down to sleep. Listen to what verse 12 said. O our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Ooh, 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 ooh. Get your eyes off your circumstance and get them on Jesus. Cry unto him. We know not what to do, but God knows. And God knows our hearts. And you can't hide anything from Him. He's all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful. What a God we serve. And He's crying out to Him. He's, I believe He's on His face. I believe He's, he's fasted. I believe He's... <coughs> doing his best to reach God, not just for him as king, but for his people. Yeah. 
We as preachers shouldn't just be concerned about ourselves. We should be concerned about our people. What shape their lives in and where they're going, whether they're going to heaven or hell. It ought to bother you. It ought to bother all of us. Oh, but God. What, didn't somebody already say that two or three times this week? I know it ain't there in the Scripture, but God. It says, and all Judea stood before the Lord, and with their little ones, their wives, and their children. I believe I used this Scripture as a reference when I preached about taking a stand on Sunday morning here two or three weeks ago, did or not? Stand. Quit watering down. Quit wiffle waffle. Stand on the Word. Because that's where the power's at, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's seemingly in this day and time we're not willing to suffer like Paul and Peter and all them fellows in the Bible. They weren't worried about how many congregation is going to lose. They preached on the subject and took a stand on it in accordance to God's word. You see, that's not my responsibility. God called me to preach the word. And he said he'd add to the church as he saw fit. Right. Jesus Christ preached the truth because he loved him. Right. And we preach the truth because we love you. Yeah. They stood. And before I forget it, they had their family alongside us. Now, if I don't pronounce these names right, I done told you now. You pronounce them the best you can. Because it don't bother me much when I see these people with big doctor's degree and neither one of them pronounce it the same thing. Don't bother me much. Then upon... Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Matthiah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. <clears throat> you see, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord would come and dwell on somebody. It wasn't indwelling like it is for us in the New Testament, folks, when, when the Holy Spirit moved in when you says. Yes, Lord, I'll accept you. I believe in you. I'll accept your death on the cross. I'll accept your resurrection. I'll accept your virgin birth and all that other stuff. And you says, yes, Lord, and we're born again. The Holy Spirit moved in. We're not our own anymore. We're bought with a price. So if we're not our own anymore, we can't do with ourselves just what we want to. You see, that's, that's the problem. 
Oh, we say that we belong to the Lord and that He dwells within us, but yet we want to do what we want to do. That's the flesh. And you don't yield to the flesh. I said it ain't there, but you yield to the Spirit, and there's not any excuse. God's Word says He'll always make a way to escape. So we stand before God, and there won't be any reason for you and I to make an excuse. And the Holy Spirit came down upon him. And when the Holy Spirit came down upon him, he didn't quench the Holy Spirit. He didn't sit there, wiggle and squirm and sweat. What did he do? He jumped up. And he said, Hearken ye all Judea, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, thou king of Jehoshaphat, Thou king of Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. I don't know what, that kind of stiffens my backbone just a little bit. Huh? The battle's not mine. It's God's battle. If you look and see in this prescription being fulfilled and all through the battle, what God did, it's not about numbers with God. He chased 10,000. And yet our faith is so weak, we will not be willing to stand knowing the enemy is out there. We'll knuckle down, we'll whip and we'll whine. We'll compromise. But the battle's not ours. It's just for us to stand. And I'm talking about stand on the word. I'm talking about stand on the truth. Could I just say, you know I like you. And I want you to be with me. But if preaching God's word makes you not my friend, I'm worried about pleasing God. And you ought to be worried about pleasing God. Now I'm going to get personal. Me and you ought to be worried about pleasing God, not your wife. Wives, you ought to be worried about pleasing God, not your husband. Oh, he was doing pretty good. Now he started meddling. Or sticking his nose somewhere where it don't belong. I'm just telling you the truth. We need to take a stand on the things of God. We need to take a stand on the things of the church. If they be of God. Tomorrow, go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerah. Ye shall not need to fight in the battle. 
Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judea and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go down against them, for the Lord will be with you. The battle's not ours. But he does expect us to stand. To stand. Come Sunday morning, be in God's house and stand up for the Lord. Come Wednesday night, be in God's house and stand up for the Lord. Wednesday night, and those other times, we ought to be taking a stand and showing people. It's good to talk, but talk's cheap. Oh yeah, preacher, I'll see you tomorrow night. That don't always come to pass. My church has heard some of this. What does it say in Matthew 6 and 33? Exactly right. If you seek God first, you don't have to worry about all this stuff that we worry about and, and keep from doing God's work we're running about trying to do and everything else. But he said, seek me first and his righteousness and all this will be added unto you. I'm telling you something, Paul. You need to look at that real close. What's first in your life? What's first in your life? Had a funeral today. Buried my brother-in-law. And he wanted the song sung. My first love. Where's your first love? I know people don't like to hear it. I can see it in their faces when I say it sometimes. The Bible says, if you don't hate your mother and father, your brother and your sister, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. And what it's meaning is you don't put even them, your children, your grandchildren before God. I don't know about that, but get in the Word. That's not Wayne, that's God's Word. Oh, but, but, but. God's telling us what we have to do. And He tells us. If you'll just do that, all this other stuff will be added to you. So why do we want to put something before him? 
Add all these things to it. When if we'll just trust him. God will be with you. Never leave you nor forsake you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judea and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. You know, if, if the Holy Spirit was to move on us and it, it would tell us to get on our faces, you know what would happen? These my new pants. I'll put a run in my stock. If you know what I paid for this dress... I really believe what they had on. They probably had on sackcloth, don't you guess? That was the spirit that we're in. They were in sackcloth. Now this is the king that was doing this. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites, of the children of Kohath, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Let me ask you something. Have you ever stood up in church and praised the Lord? I, I dare say I'd say there's some here tonight. Why wouldn't you? God's word says to do it. It wouldn't be out of place. Now there's some people may think it's out of place. And some people be worried about what they're going to think if I do. Steeped in tradition and religion. Oh, but listen. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judea, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Believe. Believe. Talking about faith. Yeah. And pray for God to strengthen your faith. Yeah. I always love for Jesus and that fella. Jesus asked him, Do you do you believe? He said, Yes, but help my unbelief. You ought to pray for faith. I I tell the church all the time, I hadn't said it lately. Can you just see those disciples in the boat? And Peter stepped out on the water, and he went to sinking, and they went to laughing. They didn't have the guts to get out of the boat. What are they laughing about? And that's the way it is sometimes when somebody gets the courage to stand up and do something, and they mess up, and people laugh at them. And they might have the courage to get up and try 
<coughs> I know I'm chasing rabbits, but that's okay. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army to, to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. <laughs> they just went out with a song. <laughs> I can tell you what, if you get your song on your heart and begin to sing it, you can fight off the devil. Get your song in your heart and begin to sing when those troubles and trials and tribulations, they come. And that morning's when you want to just curl up in a fetal position and not get up because everything is going on around you. Just get up with a song upon your heart. Put your feet on the floor and say, Thank you, Lord, for getting me up this morning. <coughs> of course, you know us preachers don't never have them nights. You know we do. You know we do. But I want you to know how this looked to start with. It looked like Jehoshaphat and Jerusalem didn't stand a change. And now he says, all you've got to do, it's not your battle, it's my battle. All you've got to do is stand up and sing. Sing praises unto the Lord. Sing those songs that it tells what God's done in the past and what He's going to do in the future. Sing. I'm talking about if it's not the lips, sing with the heart. Don't do any good to sing with your lips if you don't sing with your heart. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, set, the Lord set ambushes against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judea, and they were smitten. You know, preacher, that's a pretty story, but that was just written. That's, that's just kind of something that maybe me and Mr. I don't believe God would have put it in there if it didn't happen just exactly the way it happened. I'm going to tell you, I serve a God that don't have to make up anything. He knew it all before it ever started. And he knew what you would do and what I'd do and what we'd say. He knew I'd be here tonight preaching. Nothing surprises him. Mm -mm. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. Pure chaos. Pure chaos. And when Judea came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. 
I'm safe in the hands of God. The old devil or nobody else can pluck me out. And if I stand on the things of God, God will defend me. And they may take and kill this old body, but they can't touch my soul. And we've got to be willing. We've got to be willing to die. But you know, he didn't call us to die. He called us to live. He called us to live. He bought and paid for us. We're to do what he says to do. I use the example, and I'll use it again. The church, my church is hurting. You bought you a new John Deere tractor. Hold it up under your car for me. Your neighbor. Maybe you didn't even like it. You could come over and say, hey, Of what business are you doing this? Huh? We're not our own. You, ain't a person in here would like a, somebody to do that without asking permission. And yet we'll respect it. You see, they stood. And God fought the battle. But look who's reaped the rewards. Look who reaped the rewards. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than more than they could carry away, and they were there, were three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. They put God first, and all the other stuff was there. Do we really want revival? What did I tell you to begin with? If I don't have revival this week, and continue to have revival in my heart. It's my fault. Can't blame nobody else. My fault. If it don't stir your heart when you get into the Word and see what God can do and will do, and you see it doing others and it ain't happening in you, the problem is you're not surrendered unto the Lord. You're not willing to let Him take and use you And fill you. Put joy in your heart. Give you the strength. The courage. The boldness. And I'm talking about witnessing. I'm wherever it might be. Whether it's out in the community and knocking on doors. If you're not willing to go to a door and knock on it. And, and know if they slam the door in your face it's all. Or they curse you out. It's all right. They humiliate you. It's all right. They done that to my Lord. They beat him. They cursed him. They spit on him. 
while I was yet a sinner. He died for me. What are we going to do about revival? Are we going to listen to God's word and the way it's been preached and begin to make those changes in our life that need to be made that we might be lining up with the word of God? You know what concerns me? And I tell the church sometimes, you get in this book, it's always talking about that small remnant. And he says and makes it plain. Narrow is the way. And few that find it. And we're continually trying to broaden the way all the time that leads to destruction. We need to get on the narrow way. We need to be about the business of following the things of God and what His Word teaches instead of the world's way. Where do I end this? Are we willing to take our medicine? Are we willing to get the prescription filled and then take the medicine? Jehoshaphat did what it says there in that verse. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, fall on their face, change their wicked ways. He did that, folks. King. And what happened? It's saved. The enemy was destroyed. And we're fighting that battle every day. If we'll be honest, we're fighting that battle every day. The old devil's coming against you. If you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he's doing his best to kill your witness, to kill your work, and anything he can get you to do, if he can keep you... On the pew and keep your mouth shut. That's what he wants. He'd come to church. He don't care for you to come to church. He'd much rather you come to church and live like hell when you go out. I'm telling you folks. It's time. It's time. We need to be numbered in our days. Do we number? What will you do with Jesus tonight? What will you do with the Word? Can you sing that song from your heart? Trust me, try me, prove me, saith the Lord, and see. If a blessing, wonderful blessing, I'll not pour out on thee. Who's it to now? Singers come. Invitation. Whatever God's laid on your heart tonight and point it out in your life. Come on, singers. Begin to sing. You come. Whatever God's laid on your heart tonight, you come and you pray. You talk to the Lord about it. If you need somebody to pray with you, I'll pray with you. We've got lots of folks here to pray with you. 
Whatever your need is tonight, God can meet that need. Fill the prescription and take the medicine. And God will make it all well with your soul. Let's pray. And then we're going to let them sing. Dear God, you know my heart. Lord, you know my needs as well as anybody else's needs in here, and I stand in need. Lord, I, I stand in need of your mercy and your grace, not because I am worthy, but because I do stand in such need. I pray, Lord, that you'd help me open my heart. Lord Jesus, would you encourage my heart? Lord, would you just give me the strength from day to day? Would you give me the uh, want to, Lord Jesus, within my heart to just uh, tell everybody that I see? Lord, I pray for the church family. I lift them up to you. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be bold. Lord, to be excited and come back tomorrow night expecting great things, great things, great expectations from you, Lord. Now just have your will and way as we come. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to another message from the pulpit ministry of Main Street Baptist Church in Spindale, North Carolina. I hope that your soul has been edified as a result of hearing the Word of God preached and that God will continue to be glorified in your life as you worship Jesus. If you have any questions about the message you heard today, feel free to uh, check us out online and send an email. You can find us at www.mainstreetspindale.com or you can call us directly at 828-286-2291. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.